Joining us in the studio from the gathering of the classics, we say hello to Brian Quickmire. Brian, great to have you back. Great to be here, John. It's a pleasure. It's that time of year again when the classics get together, not only talking about classic cars, but of course, classic aircraft. Exactly. And this will be the 30th annual, consecutive annual gathering of the classics here in in Clearview Township. So uh, 30 years ago, how did it start? A group of guys who really like classic airplanes got together and formed the Collingwood Classic Aircraft Foundation at the Collingwood Airport. And um, and then they thought, wouldn't it be cool if a bunch of our buddies came over with their classic airplanes? So right. the first event was held in 1989 and attracted a good crowd. And uh, it's been attracting more and more airplanes. At some point, somebody in a classic car came by and said, oh, isn't this cool? And uh, invited his buddies with classic cars. And now it's become a real airplane and car thing. We get two or three hundred airplanes and three or four hundred show cars. Yeah, I was talking to uh, one of the uh, British Classic Car Club guys, Mm -hmm. and he was saying that the Edenville is, you know, the the gathering of the classics is the big car show, let alone an air show. Yeah, I think that's true. We've grown to be the biggest classic car and classic airplane event in Canada, and it's all just powered by enthusiasm. (laughs) <laughs> and it's certainly a lot of work, too. You have a ton of volunteers and, and a ton of sponsors that jump on board. Yeah, it takes about 100 people to make the event happen, and then that's supplemented with 50 or 60 air cadets. And the wow. coordination uh, required is, is quite enormous. And it's amazing that uh, it's gone on for so long because a, a lot of events, people kind of tire or they get old and the mm-hmm. event kind of fizzles. And this thing is, continues to grow. Well, what do you think the reason is? Is that because there's no shortage of classic aircraft that you know, preservation seems to be easier to do? So you're having more and more aircrafts available? Yeah, I think so. People are spending more time and money on preserving the history. And so if you look back uh, 20, 30 years or whatever, there wasn't as much activity, I don't think, uh, on this front. So people now are maybe a little better off and people have more money and it takes a certain amount of money to feed an airplane and and less so to feed cars maybe. But uh, yeah, so I think it's a growing thing and the public has an opportunity to connect with the past in a reality sense as opposed to a virtual sense. So lots of people Mm. now live their lives through little screens. I think of it as the, you know, Virtual is the new reality. That's my way of looking at yeah, the, the present times. And yeah. so here's an opportunity not just to look at something on a little 5 by 7 screen. To live it. Yeah, you can live it. So you, you can come out. You can see it. You can touch it. You can talk to the pilots and the drivers. You can go for flights. Mm. So, you know, we'll have our 1943 Fairchild Cornell available for rides. That was used to train pilots in World War II. Yep. It kind of replaced the Tiger Moth around the middle of the war because the Tiger Moth being a 1920s design wasn't really suitable for moving on to Spitfires and things. Right. So the Cornell gave a better step to the next planes in the series of learning. So flights will be available in that. Um, our special guest star is going to be the Douglas Dakota from the Canadian Warplane Heritage wow. Museum. Um, it's a 1939 airplane, has 82,000 flying hours on it, which is a mind-boggling number of hours. So they, the, that airplane, that line of airplanes, started in the 1930s as an airliner. It's a twin-engine, tailwheel, you know, give or take a dozen passengers mm-hmm. airplane. And um, it was an airliner. And during the war, the military realized they needed something to carry people and things uh, all over the place. And so they created a, a military version known as the C-47 in the United States right. and as the Dakota in the British Commonwealth. 
So these airplanes dropped troops uh, with parachutes and in, in, in various evasions in World War II. They carried uh, supplies from India to China over the Himalayas uh, during World War II. It, it was known as flying the hump, which was a lot of very hard terrain and very awful weather. Mm. The loss rates were very high. Um, in the in the Cold War, the C-47s were supplying people in Berlin because the Soviets cut off access to the city of Berlin, and the only way in was by air. So the Berlin airlift had thousands of flights bringing food and other essentials into Berlin while that um, blockade lasted. So it's a very historic airplane, and flights are available in it. So for quite a reasonable amount, people can go flying in this 1939 wow. Douglas Dakota and add one more hour to its logbook. The uh, interesting thing, I think, about this uh, gathering of the classics, which is not, which is very different than many of air, sh- air meetings or mm-hmm. gatherings, is that it's a fly-in and that you actually, it's not just people in a museum of planes. This is people landing and taking off and Yeah, so in, in the course... Let's say, give or take, from 10 to noon, we will August 11th. Yeah, August 11th. We will have two to 300 airplanes arrive at an uncontrolled airport. There's no control tower telling these guys what to do. Just them talking to each other. Yeah, so we publish an arrival procedure, basically. Mm -hmm. And what we do is we have the airplanes kind of line up. And they either line up over Minasing or Stainer, depending on which way the wind is blowing. Okay. And which runway is in use. And then they fly along Highway 26 and get themselves all organized into a nice little, you know, nose-to-tail stream. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds so easy. Yeah. And then so, well, two or 300 airplanes. Like, Pearson couldn't land two or 300 airplanes in that amount of time. Yeah. And it works super well. It's a technique they used at Oshkosh at AirVenture, which is the world's biggest fly-in, um, and it works fabulous. So that's what we do, and they all come in in an orderly fashion. Once in a while, a few airplanes have to go around and try again. Right. Um, <laughs> Get some choppy. Or, yeah, and then when they leave, it's basically the same thing. They all kind of line up, and one, two, three, four, they all go off and spread off in different directions. What does it cost for a family to go to this? So adults are $15, uh, youths 10 to 17 or $5, and children 9 and under a free. Wow. That's a cheap day. That's a really wonderful... And it, and it is a full day. You've got food there as well. There's other kinds of things to see and do. Yeah, we have food and, you know, fire trucks and World War II Army vehicles mm. and various displays of books and objects for sale and so on. One of the most popular things for the little kids, because little kids are not so interested in classic cars and classic airplanes, <laughs> right. we have these little pedal airplanes. Oh. And they're replicas of, of Tiger Moths and Harvards from That's World War II. Fun. And the kids can pedal and we lay out a course. Uh, on the on the tarmac and so the kids pedal their way around this course and in the middle of the course there's a globe right and so we give them a certificate saying they flew around the world uh, <laughs> oh that sounds and so they love fun it. <laughs> a great day for the family mm-hmm. august 11th edenville airport is the 2018 gathering of the classics uh, joining me has been brian quick my brian thank you for joining us on talk to the town if folks want some more information about this where should they go ClassicAircraft.ca or on Facebook, Edenville Classic Aircraft Foundation. Brian, have a great gathering of the classics again, and thanks for joining. Thanks, John. Pleasure.